Hi everyone. Welcome back to the MOV Leaders, a podcast where we are celebrating women leaders. In the episode 7, we are going to see a very special guest. Before welcoming her, as per our tradition, let's remember a women trailblazer this week also. This week we are going to talk about Anandi Bai. Anandi Bai was born late in 1800s. She is the first Indian female doctor who went to US and studied eastern medicine. And she is known for her braveness. She has been married to a society at a very young age where women were not given any importance on the education space. But with the support of her close ones, she traveled to US and did her medicine and came back. She didn't stop after that. She raised her voice, made awareness among like among people why female doctors are important for this society and why female education is very important. Today we are going to meet one such guest who are raising her voice in lot of forums and she is a famous TEDx speaker and she is encouraging lot of women to come forward and achieve what they wanted to achieve. So without any further delay I am welcoming Catherine Lebert to the show who is heading the Outfunnel marketing now. Welcome Catherine to the show. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hi Catherine. Thanks for taking your time and being in our show. So Catherine, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us briefly about your journey and background? Sure. Yes. So like introduced, currently I'm the head of marketing at Outfunnel. We connect sales and marketing tools, so you can think of it as Zapier for specifically sales and marketing uh, use cases. Previously, uh, I've been um, working in product management as well as marketing at various uh, tech startups. Uh, most recently, Clipman, and before that, Fleep for nearly four years. And alongside my journey, I also co-founded uh, a company named Moho. So we make uh, custom clothing. Um, you can get your neighborhood or your city or your village printed on a on a sweatshirt so the idea is that you can show off the love for your hood wow that's an incredible journey um uh, catherine so i could see that you know from a co-founder to a head of marketing uh, you have seen right from product development product management marketing uh, everything uh, on your uh, stride right so how do you see the opportunities for women in those space and anything in specific you feel or in your personal experience you faced any challenges when coming across this uh, fields uh, catherine sure yeah that's a great 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 quite question good place to start our discussion so um when i was thinking about this topic and preparing for this um and how to talk about it i i realized that i myself um have one symptom of of many females in the workplace uh, even even leaders um that my answers or my descriptions when i when i talk about my experiences would start with i have been lucky or this or that person helped me um so i don't like it is true to some extent for sure but um i was um i i'm always reminded by this um uh, talk that i i think it's already like 10 years old uh, by Sheryl Sandberg who who gave a TED talk on the on the topic of why there are so few female leaders um in in high high positions and uh she explained there that there's um there's many studies that uh show that 
women have the tendency to attribute their success to others, whereas uh, men are more likely to say that they did it themselves or they're just awesome. So for some reason, it's it's uncomfortable for women to come out and say, I did this I, because I, I'm great. <laughs> um, and I found this to be true myself as well. Um, another example is job interviews or other settings where we have to talk about ourselves, that men are um, in general more, more overconfident about their experiences and knowledge, whereas women downplay their, their know-how and, and experience. So, um, I will admit that I, I think as much as I can remember, I've always been a go-getter with high aspirations and I've always wanted to explore more and organize and lead things. Um, and I think this is greatly thanks to my up, upbringing and the kind of peers I've been surrounded with in school. Um, but getting to a point where I'm leading product management or marketing, uh, I will come out and say that it has been all my own grit and, and hard work. Um, it, it does say, sound, self-congratulating self to say this, but I think it's something that we, women leaders have to get used to saying uh, to, make, to make a change. Um, so I will say that in my uh, professional experience, I've been quite lucky to not have a lot of um, challenges when it comes to being a woman in the woman in the workplace. I've worked with very great managers and, and uh, teammates who don't at least seem to pay any any mind to that. I mean, in the last five years, um, most of the teams I've worked with, I've been one of the few women, and in some cases, the only woman in the in, in the office. And it's actually been fine. Like I've enjoyed it. I haven't paid no mind to it. I've tried to be blind to gender as much as possible, just in terms of a professional setting. Um, but I think it's actually sometimes even an, an advantage because these days, I mean, in any forward-looking um, company, the managers and leaders will put specific effort and be very mindful that there needs to be diversity in the workplace. So if in general tech is um, underrepresented by women, then, then being one of those few there, it's, it, it's, um, it's a great challenge, but also a great opportunity to, to make a change and to be, to be uh, a leader or, or, or a role model in that. And I think all of this, all of my thinking, it, it goes back to um, when I was younger, I actually started my career uh, with an internship in the USA. So I was working with um, a nonprofit organization in, in Savannah, Georgia. And uh, I was very, um, I happened to have a very great, uh, one of my first managers, uh, B. Ray, uh, he, she, she played a really big role in this. Um, she was always, very mindful of everything it comes to women in the workplace and and she made extra effort to make sure that all the women in our collective would get to meet lots of great inspiring entrepreneurs or or investors or otherwise leaders who are women and who are working in in the tech space um and i mean i think it's no secret that the business world in the usa and and, and a lot of the western european countries is leading in terms of taking diversity very seriously but having such exposure early in your career where someone intentionally gives you this kind of confidence and, and this kind of uh, just even exposure to, to what, what women are doing in, in the world, um, I think it gave me a lot of the kind of confidence to, to be, you know, 
to be who I am in my professional life and, and to keep aspiring for higher leadership positions. So I think such exposure is, is very key at an early start of your career. You shared a lot of insights, Catherine. One thing which uh, immediately struck with me is women don't self-congratulate them most of the times, right? They uh, always feel that it is bad to come up and say, I have uh, done this. Um, this is there's another angle towards it because we are too perfectionist, actually, I would call. Uh, in fact, a couple of our guests also earlier called out. In fact, Neha, when I had my, um, uh, you know, uh, interview with Neha last uh, last week uh, about this uh, point, she was giving me an uh, insight like uh, in a workshop that when it's been asked uh, to a men that if you are 60 percent match to the job, will you apply for the job? Almost like 80 percent of people said, yes, I'll apply. But with the same group of full group of female, uh, they have asked the same question again. None of them raised their hand because they feel that 100 percent they have to be perfect and they have to match every requirement and they have to do. Otherwise, they will not feel like taking a credit. They will always be very hard on themselves. It's not required. Mm. actually, right? So sometimes we don't know um, where to comfort ourselves, cajole ourselves and you know comfort ourselves. Rather, we'll always put us in a difficult position and we ourselves will push us more. And sometimes which will lead, it's a good thing, but sometimes which will lead us not to speak up for what we want. So in that note, um, you yourself is a TEDx speaker and you have organized a lot of conference. In your experience, how do you think public speaking is important for women to navigate the corporate ladder or anywhere, uh, how to uh, climb in the leadership position? I personally feel public speaking is very important. But in your experience, how do you feel public speaking play an important role? And similarly, how it is important to have a forum created for ourselves to voice out our opinions? So what is your point of view on this, Catherine? Yeah, it's so true about, um, you know, not not about women being perfection perfectionist we always think it we have to play by the rules and if we haven't fulfilled the rules then it doesn't work um but when it comes to uh speaking um again when i was in the states we were organizing uh, a tech conference called geekend and uh, i was coordinating some of the speaking committees uh, there was um, many different um very experienced people who were selecting and and nominating speakers for the conference and uh, we did, I, I noticed there already that um, we were putting a lot of effort into making sure that the speaker panels were, were diverse, uh, both on the gender terms and, and otherwise. So um, I noticed this as something that needs to be encouraged in women uh, already back then. And um, I think for me i've uh, actually one of the biggest impacts on in terms of public speaking uh, that that has has that one of my managers uh, had on me when i was uh, working at fleet was he he explained how how speaking public speaking is is really kind of like a muscle it's it's not something that you're born with naturally it, it doesn't come naturally to much anyone but if the more you practice it the more you actually try it out and the first few times are scary like it's um it's in this uh, book, Thinking Fast and Slow, as well. Like it's it's you're put on the stage, and there's lots of people who are following and listening to you. And immediately, our instinct is, you know, our heart rate goes up, uh, we start sweating. It's it's like it's, it's some moment of tension for for and everyone actually in in the in the very beginning. But the I more know. you do it, the more your brain realizes that, hey, like 
I didn't die. Like nothing bad happened. Like I was actually fine. You know, maybe some people even congratulated me later. That felt nice. So the more you have those experiences, the more you can train your brain to be okay with public speaking. And I, I actually, during high school, I, I used to hate public speaking. I was so afraid of it. I did not enjoy it at all. And we had a compulsory class that was actually about public speaking. And during the same uh, summer after taking that class, I started working as a tour guide, which was, you know, scary at first. You have a group of 30 or 40 people who was listening to you, but it was excellent practice for public speaking because most of the time as a tour guide, you're speaking and everyone else is listening. And, and you realize that, you know, the more you train it, the, the better you become at it. So so ever since then, I've 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 tried to knowingly accept speaking invitations when possible even if even if they're small events or, or nothing major i think it's it's just such a big part of being a leader uh, because you have to talk whether it's your team or whether you're representing your company it's it's something that is a major asset if if you if you do train it and and so i always try to accept um and also encourage um women to get on stage like whenever there is an opportunity to nominate someone or or whenever my friends friends or colleagues or whoever are, i know who are considering doing something like this I, I i give them as much encouragement as possible and and another thing is like if if you're scared if if it's scary or or you know you're not sure if you want to do it is is to practice when when i was um speaking at TEDx, I was actually impressed how much preparation work goes into it. It's it's not like any, anyone just gets on stage and they're just, you know, great at it. You do like three practices, at least run-throughs with all the speakers, with speak, speaking coaches, you know, giving you pointers and feedback and everything. And even even for smaller, smaller speaking engagements, the least you can do is just practice in front of a mirror. Like this is what we learned in high school. And it, it sounds silly, but it works. Like you actually get to train yourself to talk, go through the entire bit what you're going to say and 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 see where you get stuck and kind of remember different pointers. So so again it's it's just about practice. I think I think people like to think that oh I'm just not a great public speaker or it's not for me, but it's actually just something that you train. It was amazing. I could relate uh, most of it, Catherine, because as you um like you said, still <laughs> my college uh, first year uh, I was very much against public speaking. I I never felt that you know I could do uh, even one presentation on my own. So uh, when they said that in campus interview you need to be assertive, you need to speak, uh, it was a great humongous task in front of me, and all I did was practicing in front of the mirror. So the moment uh, till I like uh, you know seeing myself in the mirror, I'll not stop. I'll keep practicing, and still I'm practicing with uh, you know all these speaking opportunities I get, and one of the reason. Uh, for me to host this podcast is also to bring women leaders to speak, speak up, celebrate each other, you know, call out others, uh, encourage women out there to come and speak. Uh, recently, I was uh, doing a small guest lecture to a company which is on countryside. Um, I lot of, uh, you know, women out there and who are doing inside sales, let us like telesales uh, kind of role. But everybody was saying, I cannot do public speaking. I was asking them, you're talking to somebody even not seeing their face and convincing them to buy your product. So that means you are a great speaker. 
so it doesn't mean doesn't mean right and also every time why we are afraid of public speaking according to me is we are always bothered and worried what others will think about us yeah. and you know if i do one mistake if i goof up or if i do something what they will think about me how can i get onto the stage again how will i face them but all of us are forgetting one thing the world is moving fast and nobody is having time to notice like you know what mistakes you have done they may notice but they will not even remember and the next success will wipe off all these things it's the recency effect always plays uh, this thing right you just need to if you do one bad uh, um, uh, public speaking or one bad presentation it's okay next time you do it better people will forget this they will say that you have come back with a bang so if you are not trying already you have failed so it's always better to try and it is very important for women to come and represent themselves in all the forums and uh, everywhere then only you will have confidence to ask what you deserve right you want a promotion or you want a pay raise or you want to uh, take up a new assignment you wanted to go on site opportunity so you will all be able to do when you are confident about, your, about yourself and definitely a uh, public speaking your presentation skills will definitely contribute a lot on your confidence we both are one live example and still we are training ourselves as she said that muscle training never stops so we are still um, talking so we have spoken lot uh, about the challenges women face in workplace and how diversity plays a key role but all of us are so concerned about increasing the representation of women in each role but we are not much talking about the pay gap parity because there is that which is a issue which has been lightly taken so um as i was mentioning earlier maybe women themselves are not asking what they deserve and sometimes even uh, when last um, uh, last episode even neha was uh, telling that i don't have any shame in there i will go and ask if i want because i am working for money right so but is this the mindset there with women also in the workplace is something because still as a statistic say that the gap parity is big based on the gender so i know you this is one of your passion topic a uh, couple of our earlier interactions you have mentioned a lot about this catherine so what is your point of view on this pay gap parity sure yeah um i will just go back for to the messing up while public speaking for a moment because i remembered yeah. and i haven't thought about this for a while but when i did my tedx talk i was actually it was the first time for me to be on a stage that was kind of like you know globally uh broadcast on youtube everything oh. um and uh and there was like i don't know 200 people in the in the room listening to me and and uh, i actually froze up on the stage like in the middle of my talk i just froze up i think it was it felt like for hours but it was actually probably like 10 15 seconds or whatever and then i continued like i remembered my the rest of my talk and when when i got off stage like of course that's your biggest fear that you just go blank in the middle of your talk and and i realized you know i overcame it like i i i managed to deal with the situation and carry on and and nothing nothing serious happened after that like no one came up to me later and and said oh like i noticed how you got stuck or or you know so, like they didn't even mention it like i still have people who i meet who who say like oh yeah I, i looked you up and i looked at your tedx talk and everything and they never mentioned the part where you, you get stuck it's just part of being human so but it is right. scary like i wouldn't want to uh, that to happen again but then i know that i can overcome it if it happens um but yes coming to the money um so 
I recently came across some statistics about um, Estonia, and I was actually surprised to find that we have some of the highest percentages of female leadership in, in middle management and C-level in Europe. And, and this is something that I, I do think has has come like I, I I've, I've noticed it around as well. Like my my mom was a you know a, a, a she she worked at Price uh, Price Waterhouse Coopers when I was younger. She became a senior manager. It didn't seem like anything super un special that that she was in leadership. Um, but it it has been a topic that has been discussed a lot. That um, Estonia has some of the biggest. Uh, wage gaps in all of Europe. So women get paid mm -hmm. something like on average 30% less for the same job or, or something like that. And it's, um, it's kind of, it's a very complex topic. Uh, it is, it is very interesting for me. And it's something that I've just noticed among my friends and peers as well, that, that women, when they do get pay rises, it's usually um, encouraged by their manager or, or a company policy. And they're just very happy to get that raise. And, and they're like, oh yes, like, like now, now I'm getting what I deserve or they're generally happy with their pay. And, when it comes to asking for more money, it's it's a it's a topic of you know a lot of stress and 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 kind of anxiety inducing. It's like, uh, what if they say no? And I feel like I'm you know asking for too much maybe. Um, but I never hear my male peers say anything like that. It's it's you know they they are way more confident about asking what what they they think they're worth right. in that. So. Um, I actually studied social anthropology in university and uh, gender studies and 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 kind of uh, sex and kinship. All of that was, was some of my favorite topics. And one, there was one study that I remember, um, and I haven't you know looked at it recently. If if there are any updated versions of this, but there was a study of the pay, pay gap in in the United States and. Um, they looked at how women are more likely to, you know, drop out of work for a couple of years to raise their kids, and and they found that if 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 in terms of the years of experience we kind of uh, make it level in terms of between men and women, and then look at salary wage caps, then the difference is actually way smaller and kind of almost like just statistically insignificant. So basically what it really boils down to is, is women being away from the workspace more. And due to that, you know, they, they don't get the, as many experiences they're behind by a couple of years in terms of their, their knowledge or, or, you know, what they've, what they've experienced and what they've done. And I think here it really comes down to what kind of, um, knowledge or even skills are appreciated in the workplace it's everything that we call the softer skills are, are are kind of you know less paid for um and this is something that um a couple of women i know who have been at home ha have been stay-at-home moms for a while they they actually say that having kids teaches you so much so many things that are great for business as well even if it comes to time management or or you know whatever it comes to like often they've in theory known things before but having kids has actually thought taught them to make put that in into real life so i've been thinking about this in a way where i think to to really come to terms with it to really solve the pay gap um first of all i think men should be more encouraged to stay at home with kids as well and this is something that yes. I've seen very positively change in Europe I've I know like 
compared to 10, 15 years ago, I know so many more dads who are staying home with their kids or maybe they split with the wife like 50-50. Uh, we have a very generous stay at home time. And I think this probably contributes to the pay, pay gap to some extent. In, in Estonia, I think it's um, one and a half years fully paid that you get to stay home with your kids, which is amazing. Wow. It, it encourages people to have more kids for sure. But then again, if you have one or two kids, it's, it's you know, two, with two kids, it's already three years and that's quite a long time to to be away from the workplace. So <clears throat> all, I'm, all I was trying to say is that I, I love seeing men stay at home more. And, and this actually takes off the pressure from men having to be the um, sort of breadwinners or the leaders or having to take on the burden of, of making all the money. Like I think everyone would be happier if this was more equal between the the, the men and the women like mm -hmm. I, it's it's so much pressure on the on the men as well to to you know have to work for money and and not being able to spend time with their kids and everything so i think that's that's some one trend that i'm really seeing it's it's probably going to be quite slow to change for for you know you know in a significant way um but i think i think it's it's a, it's a good change for sure I, I completely agree. Uh, if I have to personally relate in my case also, um, currently my kid does like four years old, tested positive for COVID. Uh, he is in COVID phase. In fact, my husband is taking the time off and taking care of him. Mm, so nice. most of the times when my kid falls uh, sick, he is the one who comes forward and you know offer to stay at home and take uh, take care of him. Knowing my nature of job, he knows that even if I take uh, you know holiday and I'll keep getting calls and I'll be juggling around. And he always says that at least, okay, comfortably do your work. I can take time off and take care of him. So that positive change is coming on, as you rightly said. Um, it's not only women's job anymore to take care of house. It is like a shared responsibility. And on a, as you rightly pointed out that becoming a mom, in fact, makes us a better team head, right? Team lead, how to manage your team members, where when to incentivize, uh, when to have, use carrot, when to use stick, and uh, how to manage the time and how to still deliver and run the home like the way you run the office. So it complements each other. So come, mm. if a woman is coming back from a career break, you should be even more thinking that mentally, it's, there's a scientific study, right? When you give birth to your uh, kid, your, there is a scientific study that your brain uh, pattern changes. In fact, that makes you more stronger that will make you to uh, have more thinking capability and your awareness and instincts will become better. So if they are coming back after a career break or after a maternity leave, you can be 100% sure they're going to even more become a better leader. So I think this awareness need to come, all the more reason a self-awareness need to come for female that who are going back after a career break or who are trying to get back to the field after a career break, do not feel that you have lost something. Rather, you have gained a special experience and you can quickly bridge the uh, race uh, with other colleagues and never feel that you are left out. So thank you, Catherine, for that uh, great insights. So um, to put this question, uh, you have already told that, you know, you, you have not seen much challenges, but in your own way, but you would have seen challenges for other women that how it is going in the present condition, but for an ideal state, what is your vision for women in workplace? Yeah, so my vision for women leaders is that everyone should be able to de define their own meaning of success. Um, and this should not be hindered by any, you know, gender roles or class ceilings or stereotypes. 
Um, I, I do not think that everyone wants to be a leader, a manager, or not. You know, it's it's not it's right. not for everyone, and, and it's completely fine. Um, but I do wish that everyone had the upbringing and the conditioning that would allow them to consider absolutely any path and not think that any any kind of aspiration is is too high or or too 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 unreal. Um, you know that they're not cut out for something. And this is something I explained, like like with speaking. I think um, public speaking. I think with any other, you know skill or interest it's 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 very often whatever we practice and also um what people around us tell us um so so conditioning is like something that gets done when when we are brought up you know if if you know we are told that we are t that we should be timid or quiet or not make too much noise like like girls at a young age often are then this is what we will follow and and the same you know at the same time for boys saying you know that you know if if they take risks and climb a tree or make noise and be, are argumentative, this is not often brushed off as, you know, boys will be boys or whatever. They're allowed to do these things. And I think, it, so it starts at a very very early age and in terms of just upbringing. And, and I think this is, again, something because of stereotypes, it's it's very difficult for something like that to change. But if if as much as possible, we we can encourage the girls to be gutsy and outwardly spoken, and and it, it will help in terms of becoming a leader because you you have to be you have to have the courage to say out with confidence what you think and and why you think it and kind of fight for it in in a way. So I think my vision would be that. Yeah. girls would be brought up in a way where leadership skills are actually encouraged in them. And I, I do hope that a lot of this is changing and that there will be some pushback for sure, because there are many who think that traditional roles or, you know, women need to be more more tender or, or you know, take the back seat and, and kind of support rather than lead. Um, but I do remember, I, 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 I'm always re uh, reminded of this one article I read, and I think it was more than 10 years ago, but it had a major imp impact on me. And, and I've tried to find this later on, but I haven't found it. It was, I think, in, in you know, the likes of New York Times or some other online publication like that. And um, there's, this article was about how we speak to girls and, and little girls, and, and not just as, as mothers, but even if you know, we go to visit someone and it's maybe a friend's kid or a relative or whatever, then we are very commonly talking to them about their you know, pretty little dress they're wearing or the dolls that they're playing with or telling them, oh, they have so pretty hair or you know, whatever. But yeah. instead, try to shift the conversation to you know what books are you reading or or you know you know like make it more make it more focus on other things rather than the appearances or the typically girly things because i realized that this comes very naturally like you know we 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 do we do start talking to girls about you know their looks or or whatever they are so cute like it's very like it just comes naturally that you want to talk about these right. things but but you don't you don't have such conversations with the little boys for some reason so it's just an example of of small changes that we can make in terms of encouraging the right conversations and the right mindset from from a very early stage and i think it's going to have a major impact if 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 it's done over and over again um and and just um ha will have a very good impact on on women from a very young age I completely agree with you catherine it might be a repeat i have said this in many forums 
in my childhood definitely my parents created a difference because i love to play with dolls but i'll be playing in a, you know i lack myself as a teacher and i'll be teaching those dolls or i'll have a phone my father will <laughs> give me a dummy phone i lack like i'm an officer already and it's my own cabin and always he encouraged nice. me to play with doctor set or uh, you know building uh, set and he will ask me to picture myself as a doctor or a teacher or an officer so maybe that's why from the young age i always was like very career oriented rather than i never played like i'm a mother and uh, those dolls are the kids rather i played myself as a teacher or a manager or uh, like that in such an age rightly i'm able to uh, relate to that parents plays very important role and you know surroundings plays very important role how women are been uh, you know taken care you cannot say like you're not now 14 you know you dress like this or you take care of your appearance like this don't go there or people may judge your character uh you know you character assassination may happen so you should be careful rather you should tell your daughters character assassination will happen as you grow up all you need to do is be confident courageous and you will come out of it you have to believe in yourselves don't shed yourselves and don't think about what others are uh, you know thinking always have yourself a dependability and have your independence um, have your financial dependence on you these are the things you need to nurture and condition the girl child or any child for that matter i'm sure that being in this generation we all together can make that change for sure thanks catherine that was a great insight um i um, i i will ask this question to everyone any particular women leader or fellow industrial leader or your colleagues you look up to i know you are all fan of your first manager apart from her anybody else who you follow or you look look up to catherine yeah there there are definitely many inspiring women leaders in in my life and and have been in the past but i think the one that i would have to bring out the most is definitely uh, my mom so she uh, has held high level positions and started her, her own company uh while having also three kids so myself and my two brothers which is wow. you know now that i'm coming of of age as myself i'm i'm just realizing what you know what kind of a super person it takes to do something like that and i think it's thanks to her that i've never had to think twice about taking on leadership positions whether it's for organizing the high school prom or or you know starting my own business because i've seen her do that like throughout my my own life growing up and i know she has definitely made a lot of sacrifices herself and and a lot of these things i don't remember myself there is this one story that breaks her own heart when when she was working at pricewaterhouse coopers then she would often work late nights and and uh there are a couple times when i was the last child in in the kindergarten or you know um childcare who who was being picked up and one of these nights when my mom was kind of you know apologizing for coming to pick up me so late and everything then apparently i had said that i i enjoy staying late because at the end of the night they gave us bread so you know just for me as a kid it wasn't a big deal that she wasn't there i was just you know enjoying whatever but it kind of broke her heart because instead of having you know like of course we had proper dinner after but being the dinner being delayed like that i would have to you know eat like just bread that they gave me in the kindergarten so that made her make a change and kind of prioritize being there um earlier in the nights as well but i think it's it's 
partially thanks to the sacrifices that she's made and, and she's she's taken on more of the household work as well for sure and it's just something that she has always done and and um, just being able to manage all of that to juggle all of that it's it's been very inspiring to see that from from the sidelines and now that you know all the kids are growing up she's actually taking more time off work and going to play tennis and work on her hobbies and i can just see that because she has worked so hard for for so many decades she uh, has now come to a point where she can just take it a little bit more easy and she's in a comfortable spot then she can enjoy pick pick what she wants to do and i think having that kind of flexibility or or comfort in in a certain part of your age i think it's 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 just a fruit of your own own work so i think it's it's very inspiring to see all of that from the sidelines and 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 hopefully do something similar with my life well that's inspiring for all of us i think our mother is the first inspiration for sure and uh, it was an inspiring story catherine i could now see why are you so strong and why are you able to inspire a lot of women out there so uh one thing you know uh, i really noticed about your profile is like uh, your profile picture and as well as the title like you know chief physician in revenue marketing clinic it's very creative right eye catching and um, for self branding that and all is very important it's uh, being a marketer you need to be very creative and innovative uh, right to break the clutter so how video as a tool uh, helped in your marketing journey uh, for you to create some of the innovative campaigns uh, catherine yeah it's it's one of the things of marketing that i've definitely always enjoyed i've never been a super artsy person but i've i've always been creative in my own ways or enjoyed doing some creative things and and marketing has this great balance of being you know analytical and and very like just work and it sometimes it's just work and sometimes it's it takes a lot of creativity as well and i think video is is just one great form to do that these days we are consuming so much of the information and and kind of even you know special entertainment as well in the form of videos and to create videos that communicate something um very well is you know it's it's an art form in itself but it's just sometimes it gives more emotion it's is easier to tell an emotional story with video with the visuals with um you know the the kind of people that are involved it gives a more human touch as well so i i do try to use video as much as possible um it it, it is you know more resource heavy it takes it takes more work to create than i don't know anything in text form or, or pictures but it it has a much bigger impact so it's it's a great tool to to use in marketing for sure um i do have an example of um uh, one uh, video that we created uh, as a you know a customer story user story so we can play that yeah we'll play that big bank is a company that is uh, specialized in providing loans uh, and also deposits uh, and uh, focuses up on this in like uh, in within Europe. Goedendag. My name is Jim and Flip uh, really helps me to streamline uh, the communication that I have uh, instead of having to answer to Skype messages, email messages and all kinds of other internal messages that we have. I have now one program where I can find everything uh, and that makes it really uh, useful and also saves a lot of time. 
Hi, my name is Pippa and I use Sleep for a lot of different things. Mainly it's for chatting with my colleagues and trying to arrange different tasks that we've got. Schönen guten Tag. My name is Ben. I also very really like the, the pin post option in the chat, so I can just post the document and it's always uh, visible for every member of the, the chat. Fleep uh, is very uh, user friendly and uh, I'm not very good with computers normally, but I found it really easy. I think Fleep would appeal to a lot of people. I think it's very user friendly in the way that it works. It's very simple to use, so you don't need any training or anything. If you have any questions, you can just message someone actually from Fleep as well, which is really good. Fleep is really great for companies that are the size of Big Bang because uh, it, it does uh, streamline a lot of the, in other ways, be just a lot of bulk email. I would actually recommend Fleep to everybody, but especially for teams who are uh, working in different locations. I definitely would recommend it big corporations that have a lot of employees. In our case it's also very important because we act in nine countries and so not everybody's even in the same building so we use Fleep uh, to talk to people in Spain and, and Sweden and it's just it's there in one second and it's very convenient. It was uh, quite strange to see people in an office again, <laughs> like all being together. <laughs> That's been a while. Uh, anything about uh, specific about this campaign, Catherine? Um, so we worked with uh, a small local creative agency for creating this. And um, I think what we did quite well was to bring in the more human or even, you know, animal dogs aside of the the company it's it's always have it great to have this something very you know something that people can relate to in the video and uh and just uh incorporate that into your brand message and and kind of um make it more appealing in that sense i mean a lot of the tools that we create in the b2b world are at the end of the day, they're just software. It's not something super exciting. It's it's something people use for work, and 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 it can be difficult to make that kind of emotionally appealing. And and in videos, you can play with a lot of different visuals to do that. And and this video was created some years ago now, and the budget even for that wasn't wasn't that that big. But if you just find a few creative people and 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 kind of work on it as as a team then it's it's completely doable great insights uh, catherine from you uh, it was a very insightful session so before wrapping up the session couple of rapid fire questions for you just sure. to know your uh, inner self of yours apart from uh, you know marketing and uh, anything else so mm -hmm. the one thing you would like to do in your free time i love to dance so um, I've always been dancing, and and it's it's my favorite hobby. It just works as meditation for me. So that's the one thing. So what is the one hardest learning uh, which you are taking for a lifetime in your professional career so far? Mm. Um, hardest learning. Um, I think it might actually be to speak up. Uh, it started from from school, but uh, as I said, I wasn't a fan of public speaking at at some time. And there was one course I was taking where it was a smaller semin seminar type of class, and there was a question that came up that was um, that the teacher had 
very smartly brought up in a way to to make a point. And I, I later realized he was expecting me to be the one to speak up for, for specific reasons. And I didn't because I thought the answer was very obvious to everyone else as well. Turns out it wasn't. But I just sort of had this regret later that if I had just spoken up, like it would have like just a very small thing. But but I always after that, I, I try to encourage myself to to speak up, um, even if you think it might be obvious to everyone else in the room or or, you know, just have that have that courage. Good. So what is your dream vacation? Mm. I am right now actually dreaming of summers in Estonia. It's been a very long winter and, and a difficult one. And <laughs> our summers are just magnificent. We get a lot of sunlight in the nighttime. The sun barely even sets and, and it's it's just a very different vibe. And I think it's because we have long winters. People appreciate the summers a lot more also. So we have lots of beautiful nature, very calm and, and easygoing. So um, if anyone ever comes, let me know, look me up, I'll give you a tour and I'll show you the best of Estonia. Wow, I'll come sometime for sure, Catherine. And sure, that would be great. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, Catherine. Last but not least, how did you enjoy being at Leaders? Oh, I really enjoyed it. It's always great to talk about these topics and to have this forum where people share about these topics like very candidly and openly and 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 have like-minded people to discuss it so i think it's a great initiative and and thank you for making me a part of it thank you catherine for you know giving your time to us it was an amazing session um thank you thank you a lot in um, you know in in uh, uh, from mov team we are sincerely thanking you for taking your time and joining us so before signing off this is india balasing we will soon find you with the episode 8 uh, in the next week with one another interesting guest and please remember this same episode is available in all podcast streaming platforms please listen and share your thoughts with us this is sindhya balasing signing off from all of you thank you <laughs>